This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash Boathouse Studios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, house spelt the German way. You know, most people don't know the difference between apple cider and apple juice, but I do. Now here's a little trick to help you remember. If it's clear and yellow, you've got juice there, fella. If it's tangy and brown, you're in cider town. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. You don't have to sing along with the... (laughs) intro theme oh it's so pretty it's not though. happening live um <laughs> as far as i know huh? yeah that's that's i wish do you think they would do that like at the at the like calgary philharmonic orchestra they you know mm-hmm. how they do like uh two towers mm-hmm. uh symphony or just the lord of the rings sure. not just the two towers but the whole thing no, no they just do two towers yeah they're like it's the best one <laughs> Those other two are garbage. So when you get the Riders of Rohan theme, yeah. so obviously that's the one we're yeah. gonna Helm's do. Helm's Deep, best battle in the series. Boom! Everyone knows that. Yep, it's the one with sticks. <laughs> Legolas surfs a shield. <laughs> that's all we need. I feel like people are gonna call me out for the uh, battle of the Polenor fields not having stakes. I'm aware that it does. Where that does, and that the Battle of the Black Gate has even more. That's uh, it was just we. I just like the model, yeah, of Helm's Deep. I like it a lot. Yeah, and so me just, too. The nerds don't please nerds. Calm down. <laughs> We've dealt with nerds, uh, Lord of the Rings nerds, recently. I am. I am one of you. <laughs> <laughs> and as I said at Lord of the Rings trivia, I am a basic Tolkien bitch, but <laughs> I like it. Um, that's, that's fun. This is Two Bad Neighbors. <laughs> that's right. And my name is Greg. My name's Alan. And we're here to talk about The Simpsons, but first, of course, we want to, uh, talk about Have You Been? Yeah. Um, we do want to talk a, about Have You Been? Yeah, that would be great. Um, you mentioned Lord of the Rings trivia, mm. which we both hosted. We did. Followers, we were cloaks. Yeah. Followers of our Patreon and maybe our podcast have seen the picture of us. Uh, in uh, Hobbit cloaks. Yeah, it's really great. It was great. It was, I was fun. Very very happy. Um, <laughs> you got a little sting. I did. I a little sting um, sword. I have a little sting sword and and a Gandalf brooch, <laughs> which is amazing. So yeah, thank you, Allie, for the sting sword and Killy for the for the <laughs> brooch and, and brooch, cloaks. Yeah. And thank you to people who came and played. Yeah, I don't know was, if you're listening, but if was, you are, thank you. That was really nice yeah. to have so many Tolkien nerds come out. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a fan of Tolkien nerds. Yeah, they they seem like nice people. One day I'd like to consider myself a real one. Mm. You got a long way to go. I do. I've learned <laughs> based on that night, yeah. <laughs> but still leagues ahead of me. So that's the that's the thing. No right. matter no matter how much you know. There's always you don't someone, know it all. <laughs> yeah, there's always someone who will know more. The only trick There's always a bigger fish. Yeah. That's what at, we all know. In the words of Qui-Gon Jinn. There's always Jedi a bigger Master fish. Qui-Gon you know, Jinn. I recently rewatched The Phantom Menace today to go on with How Have You Been? This is all yes, this is all relevant. Have you been. This is all Have You Been, this is all relevant. <laughs> we'll tie it into the episode, just you wait. It's gonna <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Um, it's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Phantom Menace. Yeah, Phantom Menace. Uh, you you rewatching it, I was like, oh, maybe there's some more going on here than than I previously thought. Yeah, and I was trying to watch the movie, and I noticed something, and it's that like when Qui Gon is kind of when when shit's going on around Qui Gon, a lot of the time he's got his eyes closed and just like meditating. Hmm. Like he's not in focus, and it's not brought attention to until he uh, uh, kneels down in the in the duel against Darth Maul. Right. But there are times when he does it twice before, which I think means it's an an actual choice that either Lucas picked up on or that he was directed to do. Sure. And I think or this Neeson is just chose, maybe. or he, yeah, that's what I mean. Like he, right, he, right. he made an actor's choice. Yeah, and I think this is like him being like, oh, I can, I'm seeing the future because it's at very important plot moments. Right. Like there's always a bigger fish. He's mm-hmm. meditating in the back, <laughs> of and course, he's, and he's not in focus. Yeah, um, and in uh, during the, the during the pod race, right? He's briefly shown to be doing that. Um, and I think it's him like reaching out to the force and being like, "Hey, what's going to happen next?" Or, hear me out. Mm-hmm. He's cheating. He's doing both. <laughs> it's specifically in the pod race. Oh, he's definitely cheating he's, the pod race. He cheats the force when he has yeah. to. He's like, like I think I, I honestly think that he has like he is chaotic good. He, he is one hundred percent, and he knows that Anakin is strong, like or has like the force around him whatever uh so he's able to because i i do think that um this is this is fan theory <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is me me thinking that um he could he couldn't just do this with anybody it needs to be someone strong in the force like he needs to have that connection and i think he is helping anakin throughout the pod race to make sure that he doesn't die slash lose because he needs him Absolutely. And I mean, we've already seen him cheat with the dice roll. Mm -hmm. So we know he isn't against that. We've seen him try and just mind trick Watto. (laughs) Just be like, give me the child. And he's like, fuck you. He's like, nah. All right, let's try a different different way then. (laughs) But he's not very honorable. No, he's really (laughs) not. When he knows, like... He's honorable enough not to murder Watto. (laughs) (laughs) Which True. <laughs> for like for D and D players out there, take note. This is a good thing. <laughs> yes, he's also honorable enough to go through means where Watto thinks he lost. And Fair. He's to not break any actual laws. Yes, you yes. know. <laughs> yeah, it's clever. He's chaotic very clever. good. Chaotic good. Um, you know those movies? I kind of like them. Ah. There are a lot of things to love about The Phantom Menace, I think. There are a lot of things to enjoy about The Phantom Menace. I will not go on record saying that I like it, though, because some of the... the Two of the biggest performances in the movie are very, very bad, and it's the kid and Jar Jar. And sure. it's like those... I don't think that's the fault of the actor. I think the, the writing is very poor, and I think a lot of the setup and punchlines are just very silly, and they just don't land in a way. But then again, I've never enjoyed Star Wars humor. That's fair, yeah. yeah. Um, it's I a very say- specific thing, and Jar Jar is very much in the same vein. Yeah, I mean, I would say 
the difference between prequel humor and OT humor is it's mostly like Han Solo being sarcastic is most of the humor in OT, and that does work. And and C-3PO and R2-D2, they are comic characters. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is where I'm getting binks. No, from. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's totally fair. I completely forgot they existed <laughs> because they, I hate. I them. don't like them at all. <laughs> I hate droid humor. Yeah, droid humor is bad. Um, <laughs> but I think that's jo- amazing. <laughs> the only two characters to appear in every single one. Yep, just forgot. That's incredible. <laughs> Okay, I, 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 I'm I not, don't like him. <laughs> I'm not saying that's that it's incredible that that like that that oh you forgot, but I'm saying it's cr- incredible that they're forgettable. Yeah, because they appear. In they're just like they're, yeah, but they're just their background to me. You know, they very much are. They they don't drive any interesting plots in any way. No, like arguably the only plot they they carry is in the very first movie. With the the plans or, or the not the plans the and that's when they the work, message from Leia right? that's when they work the best for me yeah that's like that's their purpose yeah right is that that whole opening scene getting the message from Leia to Luke they can stay on Tatooine after that yeah then they're done <laughs> like why did you bring them with you <laughs> it's it's wild C three PO's protocol droid you're not going to be meeting any ambassadors and R two D two is an astromech droid you're not flying any astromechs. The only thing that <laughs> you know what I mean. The only thing That's that right. makes sense is is actually like R two D two. R two would only make sense if you had the the pre like if you already co- had cognition that yeah I'm gonna yeah. get an X wing one day yeah and I'd like to have a droid I can trust. But aside like literally like when they're on Tatooine like we need to get to somewhere and we're going to Mos Eisley to hire someone to take us there. There's no reason to bring your astromech droid. <laughs> nope. And and he was and they're just droids. You know? Yeah, I mean, I guess like the the argument is, fucking Owen and uh, Baru disintegrated, so they have nowhere else to leave them. <laughs> I wonder if that was a thing. Like that's such a that's like such I have a... nowhere to put my stuff. <laughs> all right, we'll pa- pack it all in my speeder. Let's go, <laughs> including this oh. droid. <laughs> yeah, it's my stuff. Because <laughs> that's what they are. They're they stuff. Are, they're things. Yeah. Remember when he gets a medal? <laughs> so weird. Be like giving like that'd be like giving a fucking congressional honor of metal to your vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're, you're you really this, tidied up my room real this, good. This Here you new go. Dyson I got <laughs> really <laughs> deserves a Navy Cross. <laughs> oh, what a silly bunch of movies. <laughs> I'm excited for the new uh, one. Me too. I mean, I'm not that excited, but I'm also like, I'll see it on opening day excited. Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simpsons, though. Simpsons, though. <laughs> That's what we're talking about today. Uh, this is, uh, um, So I think we're still in How Have You Been? So here's something that mm-hmm. relates to The Simpsons. I went and saw Dana Gould in uh, a Dana Gould show yep. yesterday. Uh, he's Where a, was he playing? He's a stand-up comedian. He was playing at the Laugh Shop on uh, Blackfoot, and he was playing all weekend. Okay. Yeah, I think he did four shows. Cool. Um, yeah, he was uh, very funny. Good. Yeah, this is a guy who worked for The Simpsons in the, well, I guess... Earlier years? No, just 
just past the golden age. Oh, really? Uh, it okay. was like 2001 to 2008, something like that. Um, you can, yeah, look him up to do a... Yeah, because I know his name as a comedian, but uh, I think from like podcasts and that kind of thing, but yeah. I... I... It's not surprising because I know a lot of comedians worked on The Simpsons over the years, yeah. but I just I wasn't aware of it uh, myself. Um, and let's see, two thousand one to two thousand seven, it looks like. Oh, nice! I was very close. Yeah, <laughs> the Bush years. True. <laughs> Some say the golden years of uh, America. <laughs> well, I would have to agree with you. <laughs> the West Wing was on. <laughs> ah, that was an easy one. I'm sorry what for if that they, joke. What if they did the West Wing today? What do you think? It what if like? they? <laughs> it would be so. <laughs> it would be unbearable. <laughs> it would be absolutely unbearable to watch. Uh, These people would be so righteous. Yeah, it'd and... be like it'd be like the the newsroom uh, character, the main character, the Jeff Daniels character, but everybody is Just that character. Everyone. <laughs> And that like speech he gives in the first episode, that'd be like every episode yeah. would have that. <laughs> every single episode. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> and, oh man, that would be so bad. The West Wing came out in a time and the only time where it would work. I'm looking at the episodes that he wrote, Dana Gould. Yeah. I don't recognize any of them. Yeah, me neither. I yeah I don't I don't recognize the 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 episodes that he's got a um he's got a writing credit on but I mean like he was in the writers room you know for those years oh okay I remember this one Homer the Mo yeah that's the one that stood out to me it's where Homer's like starts a bar in yeah. his garage and I mostly remember it because REM was the guest <laughs> appearance oh boy and I remember some about uh, cleaning up a plate. I think Michael Stipe like cleans up a plate mm-hmm. or something, and he's like, "Oh, recycling," because that's the joke they made. Mm. It was probably very funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's there's one here that I actually recognize. Yeah, um, Goo Goo Guy Pan. Okay, um, this is the twelfth episode from the sixteenth season of The Simpsons. Uh, focuses on Selma adopting a Chinese orphan after experiencing menopause. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a heavy subject. That's yeah. Yeah. Um but that's part of his act. That one or just Well, the fact that he wrote that is very okay. is very important because he actually has three like three daughters adopted daughters from Asia. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And that's like that's clearly an autobiographical episode. Totally. He even uses a character we really don't know that much about, Selma. Selma, yeah. To to act as an avatar. Right. <laughs> well, it's the right character. Yeah, it's absolutely too, right? the right character. Because she's experienced we've seen her want to have a baby yeah. in many other episodes. So now how the how the jokes fall and how the episode actually falls, I can't remember for the life of me. Yeah. But I do remember that 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 premise. And the setup to it is a good one, I think. Mm-hmm. But and, I can't remember the payoff. And the thing is like uh, I I obviously don't remember the episode at all. I've never seen it that I can remember, and I'm sure Dana's a funny guy, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if I didn't find the episode funny. And yeah. I don't want to lay that on him because mm-hmm. I was just thinking about this about how the the show evolved into such a a, a thing that 
even if you got like the one of the best comedy writers ever to write a script for The Simpsons, it's eventually going to get twisted and turned into what the show currently is. And a lot of that has to do with the actors' performances. A lot of that has to do with the the writers' room punch ups and that kind of thing. Um, and also probably studio mandate, maybe not studio mandated, but like definitely this desire to have celebrity guests voice themselves, um, which ties in to the episode we're talking about today. Very much so. This is this is great. <laughs> oh man, we are nailing this. <laughs> I don't know about we, but uh, I think I nailed it. I, um, I, think I, I think we took a real long walk to get, I was telling you what happened to me. You said, yes, and it's a partnership. It's true. That's true. Let me let me back up. Uh, we, we both equally contributed to this wonderful segue because we are talking about the episode Burns Baby Burns. This is the fourth episode of season eight, written by Ian Maxtone Graham and directed by Jim Reardon. Original air date November 17th, 1996. Now, yeah, the, the the episode is essentially the Rodney Danger episode. Sorry, Rodney Danger Field episode. Yeah, um, it's how I always remember it. There's bits and pieces in the episode that, as I'm watching, I'm like, oh right, that bit is in this episode because the Larry Burns character overshadows everything that I can't remember other things that happen. So like the the cider mill, for example. Some some really funny stuff in that that opening. Um, a lot of the Burns and Smithers stuff that don't involve Larry, <laughs> very funny. Um, but Larry Burns is uh, just an uninteresting character, and it's because it's essentially Rodney Dangerfield. And this episode for me marks the beginning, and maybe the turning point for the Simpsons guest stars playing characters versus playing themselves. Because this is a blend. This is basically Rodney Dangerfield playing himself, but given a different name and a slightly different look. <laughs> but they've even said they wanted to model the character to look like Dangerfield, um, but give him like Bur Burns' nose, for example. Which I think is a mistake. I think that's a, a bad choice. I think it would be way more interesting if he looked a lot more similar to Burns. Um, like skinnier... Um, he could still have hair, like obviously that's fine because he's younger and that kind of thing. But I think if he looked a lot like Burns, not only would the like the moment where he sees him on the train like land a bit better, because so as a first time viewer, if you're watching this episode, when you see him spot Burns and go, <gasps> you're like, what, <laughs> you know? And then he has to take out a little picture of Burns, and you're like, oh, he recognizes him, okay. And then you find out later that he's his son. Maybe that's part of what they're going for. They don't want to reveal that right away. But I think it's more interesting if we as an audience recognize that, oh, they look similar. Let's find out why. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, keeping it a little bit, I'll just stand for this a little bit, because um, this is maybe the only point I disagree with you on, um, up to this point. <laughs> Is um the 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 look of the look of Larry? I don't like that he looks ex that he wears a suit exactly like Rodney Dangerfield, and he, for all intents and purposes, is. But for me, the animation of his face works in a way that that I think is is okay because it is a it 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 is part of the writing later on. Now, 
if you just make him look that way and we connect it ourselves, then you can get to more faster, right? But in order to tell the story the way it was told, I think that animation was the right decision. I'm it's a bummer that the that it was told the way that it was told because I'm I'm just gonna read to you my thesis on this episode. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> I didn't know we were supposed to prepare. It's not. It's not a thesis. It's just. Well, I mean, a thesis is 17 a very seventeen pages. Wow. All right. It's, it's, uh, let's strap in. <laughs> that, well, that. Okay. You that got. You got your my, citations. Good. Yeah. That would be my doctoral <laughs> thesis. This is just my. Uh, I, I'll say my hypothesis. <laughs> okay. Thank probably. You. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think I personally I land on the principle. Um, I I I land on the the positive side. Of this episode, of the, this episode, okay. yeah, I think I think I I agree with you that well, you don't like it's it's not even like something you would agree with. It's a fact. This is where that it's that turning point yeah. where it's it's a crazy amalgam of this character serving a function other than celebrity, but while being just a celebrity, it's an incredible hybrid yeah. of that that doesn't quite work. No. Because Rodney Dangerfield is incapable of acting yeah, as, he's, he's as anyone but yeah. himself. Unless you see the movie Natural Born Killers, in which case it's really, really crazy how far away from himself he actually got. Hmm. And you're like, oh, weird. I don't, okay, I don't want to say that Rodney Dangerfield is incapable of giving a good performance. I'm saying they didn't want him to try. I mean, yeah, that's the thing, is that they weren't. He wasn't. They didn't, asked they didn't to. bring him in yeah. to be a character. They brought him in to be Rodney Dangerfield because yeah. they're all such big fans. Yeah, which is the problem. Yes, if you're bringing in someone to do an acting job, you can you can have references to their comedy because it's it's a sitcom. That's that's fine. Where we ex- we have to expect that yeah. in network television, but you can also incorporate them like they tried to do. They tried to make him an incorporated character, an original character, into the story. The problem is the casting's all wrong for the story that they're trying to tell. Yeah. So that's why I land on the on the positive side because I think the idea of the show, the the plot setup of the show is a good one. I think that like the oh, premise mis- is good. Yeah, Mr. Burns has a long lost son from from a, a love long, long ago. Yeah. I like that. Idea. Me too. Me too. That's a great jumping off point, and it's one of the few things that we haven't seen from Burns yet that we could realistically see. Yep. And would be interesting. And to me, it, the the show is funny enough. This this episode is funny enough around Larry. I think I was laughing a lot in this mm-hmm. particular episode, and the only thing that really doesn't work is Larry himself. Yeah. And that's. Unfortunate because it's a big part of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree that the premise is good. I think, I think a big reason I come down on this episode is because it's wasted potential, in my opinion, and it, it has to do with the fact that this, the idea, the the idea of him having having a long lost son and grappling with that is an interesting thing for Burns, right? And we don't really see that in the episode because it, you know, there, there's parts of the beginning where you, you see like seeds of it maybe where, you know, he's hugging him and he's just like, oh, okay, yes, nice to see you. Too. And you can tell he's kind of uncomfortable, but he's trying because there's two ways you can go about this kind of story with essentially a villain character, right? Burns is essentially our villain. 
there's two ways you can go. You can either have him outright be a villain still, right? So just like be shitty to to him or use him in some way for his own gain. You know, something something really horrible as a human being. Or have him try to like basically be like, oh, like I'm still a human being. This is like my son. I need to try and figure out how to make this work with my life. And I feel like that's the way they tried to go. The problem is as the as the story progresses, they don't know what to do with that except for have him be quote unquote embarrassing to Burns. And Burns being like, ah, my my boorish son is is bringing me down. And then we get this weird side of Burns that is he's like a highfalutin, like high society type versus a like cranky old millionaire. You know, and that's not the Burns we know. And I like they do that so that they can have that contrast of Larry be like, oh, hey, Chef Boyardee, what what are you doing? And like stuff like that. And then Burns be like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, it no longer becomes The Simpsons. It becomes a Rodney Dangerfield-led sitcom. Yeah. Or something like that. Well, but it would there's be nice. a reason why he doesn't have a sitcom, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I gotta... Okay. His, car- his, his, his shtick, as it were, works for stand-up comedy. I mean, not for me, per se. But I, I can understand that it's a brand of comedy that people a lot of people gen xers enjoy yeah um but like and like he's been in you know movies and stuff as supporting characters and it works okay there but i haven't seen any like movies where he's the lead like back to school or uh that's the only one i can think of off the top of my head but i haven't seen any of those but it just it i never desire to because i'm like his character would be so annoying as a main character in my opinion and I guess the the point I was trying to make is that it would be nice to see Burns grapple with trying to be a good person, but realize he can't. And I would have liked to see that more, like their relationship, more than how Burns thinks uh, Larry is making him seem to other people. Because Burns shouldn't give a shit about other people, right? That's his whole thing. Mm-hmm. And if it was honestly just like, I'm trying, but you're like not who I want as a son... And, like, there could be some actually, like, really interesting, like, uh, not heartfelt, but, like, just things that delve deep into that idea of, like, you know, estranged fathers and sons. And and I, I think it's a missed opportunity because, this, like you said, the premise, the story is a good idea that is ruined because they bring on a very shticky comedian as that character. And it also just devolves into this weird, like, Homer, Homer and Larry becoming pals and... Homer kind of becoming a bit of a jerk ass Homer in in the last act and and it's just not interesting to me. So it really bums me out. <laughs> Cuz yeah. there's a lot of good stuff in the episode, a lot of good ideas that I just think Larry ruins. And I I want to just talk about the the apple cider mm-hmm. for a second. That's really funny. Yeah. That's a that's a really funny joke. It's a nice opening you know, bit that has no bearing on the rest of the plot. No, nope. arguably a badger plot. But, but as as I was saying, it's it's very much the status quo moment. Yes, what we're seeing, and the reason it's not a badger plot is because it's not the whole act, right? <laughs> like, it's just we're just seeing an extended moment. It's more extended than some of the other yeah. ones, the similar ones like this they've done, where the Simpsons are at a place like the fairy tale village, or yeah. you know that kind of thing. Um, the, the, the main, main reason I call it a badger plot more so than, uh, some of those other things is that 
the crux of the episode doesn't stem from the apple cider place. They could go anywhere and this plot would remain the same. Yep. Because they just need them to be traveling back to Springfield to pick up the hitchhiker. Yeah. That's the only reason they're at a place versus like Fairy Tale Village where it's like that's where Lisa sees the lamb, kicks off the vegetarian thing. The It, it reveals the apple cider place to be, um, to be an appropriate place to begin, <laughs> but obviously one that was not that obviously one that's that's just a joke probably run. probably written yeah. after everything yeah. else like all right we need a reason for them to be out of town where should they go yeah yeah it, it feels like a backwards it feels like a mystery plot thing yeah. i was like totally. oh there we go <laughs> uh do you know what the plot of this episode was originally going to be so the do not uh the writer ian maxton graham uh was brought on to write uh episodes about grandpa and burns and so he had an idea about Grandpa and Burns both being in the war and romancing the same woman or like both vying for the affections of the same woman. That, obviously, parts of that came into the Curse of the Flying Hellfish, but then the other part of it with the woman devolved into the idea of Burns having an illegitimate son. And so originally, was like Grandpa was supposed to be a heavy part of this, this plot. And then they basically changed it <laughs> completely and Grandpa's in one scene. <laughs> Weirdly, did we see him at the village, the cider, the village, the cider place? I feel like he popped Gra- out of nowhere. Grandpa? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't say anything. He's just walking <laughs> okay. with them. Because I didn't so remember they him. Put and him then in suddenly- the car for the pie joke. <laughs> That's what that means. Yeah. They wanted Grandpa to shit his pants. <laughs> oh my God! What a discovery. <laughs> oh no. Oh boy. Um, oh no, that's so, <laughs> that's, oh boy. So I I don't like to talk about this kind of thing as much because it's a sitcom and I, I don't care about canon as much, but for some reason it really bugs me that this, this guy doesn't know who Mr. Burns is. <laughs> Larry Burns. Uh huh. Theoretically, he lives close enough to Springfield that. It's a day trip for the Simpsons, right? To the cider place. I think it's I think it's obvious that Springfield is in the New England area. Yeah. Like we can pretty much rest yeah. easy on in, in this that, episode. Yeah. Trains. Tra- trains, ciders, ciders <laughs> Yale, Yale, and yeah. Harvard. Yep. All in the same area. Yeah. They went and it's a day trip drive? Yeah. Yeah. They it's a it's in the New England area. In this episode. Uh, of course. <laughs> But it seems like he 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 was doing his dumb souvenir place close enough to Springfield that at some point news of a crazy person blocking out the sun or like I don't know I feel like like he would figure it out before then. But again, I don't I don't care that much about this kind of thing. Well, but he he went to school for like he was at the orphanage for eighteen years and he worked at a souvenir shop. Yeah, that's all he's done. That's all he's done. <laughs> so that's a funny joke. Yeah. I, like, I like that. It's like, what's your life? It's like, well, <laughs> I was at the orphanage for eighteen years, and I started a souvenir shop. And he starts with, full stop. He starts with what's to tell, which is yeah, <laughs> which is true in yeah. this case. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I, it again, it's fine, but um, I just think it would be more interesting if there was a reason why he hasn't reached out to Burns. You know, it's less of a like I didn't know my father existed, and more. I don't want to deal with Burns because <laughs> he's clearly crazy. 
again, there's just there's so many diff- more interesting story threads I think from again this premise that uh, that I think is is uh, lost. So, what can I say? Sorry, this is a slight digression. Mm-hmm. Um, I do apologize for this, but Uh-oh. have you ever um, have you ever like not written something for so long, like not written anything down on a piece of paper for so long that you don't recognize your handwriting? <laughs> No. <laughs> I think that just happened to me. What? <laughs> I was writing a note down. I was writing a quick note down and I was like, this is this is not familiar. Uh imposter syndrome. It's also it's clearly bad. Mm. Yeah, it's very bad handwriting. Um it's all digital these days. Exactly. Where yeah. You you get it. Yeah. Um Print is dead. So <laughs> Let's talk about Rodney Dangerfield. Okay. Let's talk about who the hell this guy was. Because looking back on this episode, which, um, sorry, you, you when did you say it came out? 96. 96. Um, from over 20 years in the future, I think 24 years in the future. Am I right? Uh, Soon to be... 20, yeah. 24? 20, well, 23. 23? Well, I was never, <laughs> I never said I was a math guy. <laughs> And you know what? You're right. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Uh, over a decade later, he's dead, and hasn't been relevant for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I, and I would argue, I'm not a fan of Rodney Dangerfield. Me neither. I don't think he's. I I don't like that stand up. That that style of stand up. I think it's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. No, I I. And I think that's a big reason why I don't like this episode is because yeah. I don't like him. <laughs> and again, like I was saying, I recognize that our previous a previous generation, he like people were big fans of him. And you know, it the thing is, he is one of those comedians that is, in my opinion, kind of hacky, because he does the same thing. You know, he has a shtick, and he does it over and over. And I don't care for those comedians as much. Um. My first exposure to Rodney Dangerfield was by a magical blue genie in the film Aladdin. Uh huh. <laughs> and he goes, "I can't believe it! I'm losing to a rug." And I thought it was the funniest thing. It's super funny. <laughs> Without any context, yeah. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's, he's got a tie all of a sudden. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. And then years later, I find out, oh, he was doing a a. a spoof of Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's why the Jack Nicholson parody still works in that same film. All right, Sparky, here's the deal. <laughs> gotta be a straight shooter. Do you got it? <laughs> Genie's great. He's so great. Um you were you were you had a point. I'd, well, you, you were saying. I think that's pretty much it. I, just, of, I didn't know who he out was. Of context, right? Yeah, and I thought that bit by the genie was funny, but then I once I learned who Ronnie Dangerfield was, I realized, oh, that's all he does. That's it. Yeah, that's though he is the one. Like the, thing. I don't get no respect thing is like his catchphrase, and yeah. it's catchphrase comedian. Yeah, and it's kind of baffling to me that there's some people who love Rodney Dangerfield but don't like. Um, I don't know, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's the same kind of idea where it's just like they do one thing and it's the, it's the I didn't do it, boy. You know, it's like, say the line, Bart. 
and it's and then he says I get no respect and you're like yeah and you like cheer and clap and why even? it's just silly yeah <laughs> it's not interesting to me what's the what's the what's the setup what's the punchline of I get no respect you know right yeah yeah it's that's all that's all that there is see the thing is like I there isn't a, really a good one anymore at the time there might have been a good one mm. you know for him to say and it was funny but now it's just hacky because we've heard it a lot. Well, now, now you need to subvert it and be like, you know, I tell you, I get no respect. People shoot me in the street. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Jesus, okay. Yeah, yeah they know that you're yeah, right. That's yeah, no you, respect. Yeah, you get no respect. <laughs> That's well well done. <laughs> Absolutely. That. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Do you think you would have got there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he would have. Maybe, maybe. maybe we're being hard on him. Yeah, maybe maybe we are. he would have figured it out. Yeah. Maybe maybe he would have had but like the the stuff he's known for isn't stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah. In the least. And the thing is, the writers are. Yes. <laughs> and you can tell with the episode. And they get out of his way. <clears throat> they do. They said so they specifically wrote the lines to be Dangerfield esque. And then when he came in, he did changes and annotations and like that kind of thing. Apparently the uh, director, I think, Jim Reardon, I think he said he uh, has like the annotated script that Dangerfield wrote his like his things on as like one of his most prized possessions. And it's like, gotta burn, gotta burn those idols, bud. <laughs> Here's the thing. Discard your false idols. Only the true God can help us in these trying times. Greg, you don't understand... <laughs> I'm listening. Who's the true God? Tell me. Well, the true God uh-huh. is the great and powerful Oz. Oh, oh, okay, okay. James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> what a great movie. And his monkey sidekick, Zach Braff. Remember Sam Raimi? <laughs> I do. I miss him. I miss him. I just watched all the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. All three of them. Finger guns. <laughs> I can't listen to our old Sin of Pals episodes. Yeah. We're so negative all the time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and it's like, you had someone like Sam Raimi making a Spider-Man episode, making a Spider-Man trilogy. Episode. <laughs> and throwing evil dead shit into it oh man that doc ock scene where they're like yeah what, that's like it's 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 straight out of evil dead it's yeah. so good yeah so spider-man <laughs> <laughs> um i didn't push the right button and we weren't recording so we had to jump we've been back. talking for like 20 minutes yeah. without recording so this is a little peek behind the scenes yeah. <laughs> Sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes they do. And this For example, now, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, Rodney Dangerfield. In this I, this was good actually. We can okay. be may, maybe we can be a little bit more concise. Sure. Uh, I don't like him. <laughs> well, my point, my main point about Rodney Dangerfield because we both agree that he is not in a position to um well, carry an episode mm -hmm. or a movie. This is why he never has. So, my my and never will. Yeah, and well, he's dead. So you're right. <laughs> yeah, got him. Uh, I win. <laughs> this is good. This this was not in the first take. 
no, I'm a little loopy now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you're gonna get some weirdness from me. Oh, I had no. so many great, concise, uh, well thought out points about the nature of celebrity and like and the world and how like it was it was a thing of beauty. And it's lost to the ages. So yeah. now I'm going to talk about how Rodney Dangerfield's dead and I'm alive. So <laughs> I win. Um, <laughs> you actually did have some good points. <laughs> I know, and I don't remember them now. You don't? Um, I mean, I remember the gist of them, but. <laughs> well, it's a lot of it was killing your darlings. Yes, yes. Right? So uh, because the because the show doesn't respond to Do- to Dodney Rangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking a turn. Yeah. <laughs> so it the writers it, love Dodney so much yeah. that it it becomes so apparent in the episode that they don't want to just let, you know, they don't want to reel him in in any way. No. And, and so that slows the episode right down. Slows it down. It It is less interesting because they don't trust their own writing. You know, like I said, they let him do rewrites and that kind of thing because they wanted it to, it to be a Dodney Rangerfield character mm-hmm. <laughs> versus mm-hmm. uh, someone else. And so because of that, they're like, yeah, you go ahead and do whatever you want, little little buddy. Yeah. And they're just, it's it's just, it's apparent. Uh, and it would be so more, so much more interesting if he was just like a one-off character that came in a different episode as just like, oh, hello, I'm Ronnie Dangerfield, and it's like one line or whatever. But or if he was the judge in Dead Putting Society, <laughs> right, is, let me check how... here. We've been recording. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. So this is what we we came to. This is how we uh, we all figured it out. How to fix The Simpsons? Yeah. Make Rodney Dangerfield the Dead Putting Society Who? judge. Hmm. Dodney Rangerfield. Thank you. Uh, because then you can do like your dumb Caddyshack references and shit, and still have it make sense in the world of The Simpsons, and you can have him be there for just like a little bit. It doesn't need to be a char- a full character that carries the whole plot because he can't do that. It's yeah. not interesting. And if you put him in too much, it will slow the episode down, and you will notice because The Simpsons is a very tightly paced, dense program that doesn't waste time on long setups and short punchlines exactly if they're doing a long setup you can bet there's going to be a lot of jokes within that setup yes rodney dangerfield's style of comedy is just like uh, you're here's you have tall hair and it's like uh, i hey whoa what's with the tall hair it's look like your hair looks like you just saw yourself in a mirror i'm just i'm just kidding you're all right Hey kids, give it up for your mom. She's all right. She's all right. She's like, and she's clearly hurt, but she's like, oh, thank you. That's his comedy. That's the most. That's that's the most honest moment in the entire episode. Yeah. Yeah. Is her being sad and then being like, oh, thank, thanks, and it's weird. It's bad. It's yeah. just like it's it's just bad. So. When I last night when I saw uh, Dana Gould, there were like there was some openers and like some of them were funny. Some Dana Gould, yeah, some of them weren't. <laughs> and the the host did some crowd work. Cool. And in my mind, I was like, "Oh, this is always death." Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but I wound up participating. Oh boy! In it, what happened? Uh, no, he just asked like, "Oh, uh, has anybody having a had a shit job around?" And this was clearly a lot of affluent white people. <laughs> um, 
So I was like, okay, sure, I'll throw one out there. I yeah. worked at a car wash. Sure. Um, and then we like we just started talking about like this like the the exchange went on way too long. I think there were some funny moments in it, but as a comedian up there, cut me off, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't keep asking me questions, right? You know, um, so or give you a mic. Yeah. Well, he didn't. <laughs> I was and let's you know do do our act. Yeah, that I we was, planned. <laughs> I was just shouting out, but the the point is, he wasn't making fun of me. Right. He was like he was genuinely asking and hoping I would give him something to work with. And I I hoped that I did in that moment. Mm-hmm. I because I I take on audience work as a, as like um they need your help. Mm-hmm. Right? If some they you want they need they need your help, so just answer them honestly. Right? Just yeah. be just be as honest as you can and then they'll work so with it. So let's try some crowd work right now. Oh, I'd rather not. <laughs> But uh, if you insist, let's uh, let me just let me just uh, straighten up here. And, Are you the comedian? Um, sure. <laughs> um, no. Okay, no. I'll be the comedian. Okay. All right. So you're in the audience. Okay. okay. Hey, everybody. Uh, real great to be here. So I uh, hope everyone's having a good time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Like, uh, so uh, where's it? Where's everyone from? You, you, sir. Where are you from? I'm from Cochrane, Alberta. Cochrane. <laughs> What's that? Something you put on your dick? <laughs> See, that's funny because it's so accurate to what his jokes are like. Because <laughs> that's just basically a Rodney Dangerfield joke. You're right. I should have been Rodney Dangerfield. But that's like, that's really hey, close. Where, where you from? Cochrane. Oh, what's that? Something you put on your dick? Uh, right. Oh, it's crazy. Oh, no, you're all right. That's that, And that's it. That's it. That's, that's what he that's does. That's the end. Oh, boy. Right. And that's like, <laughs> is why I could never be a stand-up comedian. That's why. Well, I can. Ne- well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're like I have a list <laughs> of the reasons. Um, I, I mean, I mean specifically why I couldn't do crowd work because I'd be so bad at it. I mean, I was obviously joking around with this, but I guarantee I would. Someone would say like, like where are you from? Westminster. C- cool. <laughs> What about you? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to pull anything from anything, you know? I would need like something very juicy. Well, you know, there's a trick for that. What's that? If you don't have something in their first answer, mm-hmm. ask for another one. Right. You, ask, you keep going until you yeah. get something that you can ask riff another on. Qu- like, where is that? Sure. Where's Westminster? You know? Um, is that a real place? <laughs> Did West, I make that up? Westminster? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a, I think it's, it's like an a, abbey. It's a borough in London. <laughs> My dear Abby. Oh <laughs> uh, man, are we gonna do that? Are we gonna do that for the Patreon? I think so. That's a I good idea. That's, fun. that's a good idea. I think that's interesting. Yeah. There's a little uh Patreon preview. We're gonna do two Sideshow Bob episodes. Late SB. season. Late season Sideshow Bobs. Bob Robert Terwilliger. So if you haven't already. Uh I think this is a uh, good moment to say uh Thanks to everyone who helped us reach our fifty dollar a oh, month. Yeah. We're we're there. Um, it's not a lot of money, but we do thank you so much. It's good for, for us it. because you know every every bit helps. Every little bandwidth. bit helps. So we the thing is here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, okay Greg. <laughs> and the thing is, <laughs> oh my God, I've got cross eyes. <laughs> um. 
we reached a Patreon goal. Mm-hmm. I've never done this before. Okay. <laughs> I've never reached a Patreon goal before. So let's set up a new one. That's what I mean. Yeah. What do we want that goal to give to our our esteemed Patreon? This patrons? $50 one? Mm-hmm. That's that's my question to you. Oh, okay. And I was thinking, I have some pitches. Okay. And if people want to say in the comments of this wherever mm-hmm. or if or our patrons email us whatever. Yeah, if mm-hmm. our patrons want to email us and tell us or if anybody wants to email us and tell us what we should, should call do. me you know yeah his line's always open 555 ah oh, that's got to be a phony really fake <laughs> uh good joke mm. <laughs> <laughs> eh, it's not my favorite <laughs> it's not the worst but it's not yeah, my favorite i like i don't know there's i think there was too many in this episode of like lampshading sitcom tropes and oftentimes I love them, but maybe just because I don't like this episode that much, it made me dislike the jokes more. Mm. It's probably why you didn't like the ending dance number as much as I was just fine with it. Right. Totally. Like I, Because I, they've I, done episodes similar to that before yeah. with weird endings. And like, like, oops, ah. I've left the gas on. <laughs> well, that's... How dare you? <laughs> Nowhere near the same as this. <laughs> that is legitimately funny and something that would make sense in the real world. <laughs> Someone could leave laughing gas on in a dentist's office and everyone yeah. starts laughing. Parties wouldn't suddenly appear with booze. And It's true. Yeah. Well, maybe in their minds. So my here's, here's a pitch yeah. for Patreon. Okay. Tell us what you think. Um, we do the Cinepals meet the Simpsons cast. Okay. And we talk about movies that the voice cast, Mm. the principal Mm -hmm. voice cast of the Simpsons has appeared in. Okay. But I'm not talking about like every little role that Dan Castellaneta pops up in. I'm not doing Fantastic Four again. (laughs) So. Wait, he was in that? Yeah, he was the science teacher. Boy, it's been so long since we watched that and recorded it, and it lost to yeah. the ages. <laughs> Thought I'd bring it up because like it was very close to happening again here. <laughs> uh, that that conversation that didn't get recorded was just for us, Greg. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the thing is, it's really easy to jump back in because this is just how we are. Yeah, it's so true. It's fine. insufferable. Yeah. We're like the Rodney Dangerfields of our lives. Uh, when you put us, yeah. when you put us together, it's like, yeah, this, people will come and see us for two hours, which, in the great uh, scheme of a person's life, isn't a long time. But mm-hmm. it's enough. Mm-hmm. It's enough. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of, uh, our guest has been silent this whole time. But That's right. ladies and gentlemen, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> hey, why are you guys shitting on me this whole time? I'm just kidding. You're all right. Oh, I get it. <laughs> anyway, I'm a ghost. Uh, yep. <laughs> I tell you, I get no respect as a ghost. Uh, I can't okay. even pass through walls okay. without... All right. You can go. Okay, goodbye. You can go. I oh, floated through the wall. That guy is a nuisance. <laughs> I, I am so I forgot sorry. that he haunts your house. He does. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, when our guest room became available, he was just like, well, here, here I am. <laughs> 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 
Southern. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. That was so this, is the, this is the best Rodney Dangerfield impression I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, here I am. <laughs> Hello, I'm Rodney Dangerfield. Well, here's oh, boy. here's what here's here's what would have happened if I kept going. Um, because it was like, oh, I I I shouldn't do this, but here yeah, I go, yeah. and I was like, well, here I am. I'm Rodney Dangerfield. It's like, wh- why did you go Southern? He's like Edward Bloom from Big Fish. Yeah. It's Ewan McGregor doing a Southern Yeah. Accent. I was meant for larger things. <laughs> My name is Edward Bloom, and I will marry you. Jim West? <laughs> oh, you're Loveless from, uh, from Wild Wild West? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a British person doing a southern accent. Riding a giant spider. Yeah. 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 So, what... Uh, I'm so sorry. I like the, I like the, the pitch. I like the Cinepals. Yeah. Uh, meet the Simpsons, and, whatever you want to call but it. But here's the, here's the... So, movies like Godzilla. Well, we yeah. They have to have a solo title card. Sure. So, Hank Azaria, for yeah. example, for Godzilla. Or Harry Shearer, he might have a... No, I don't know if he has a no, solo title yeah. card. So as soon as they good. get into two and three shared cards, no. <laughs> Let me move that. Threw a pen at me. Because <laughs> I was... No! At, I'm sorry! <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, so Return of Jafar is is, uh, is the, on best, the, the best one to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, Awakenings. Of course, yes. Um, Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> Who's in that? Hardly smell, oh boy. <laughs> um, Paul Verhoeven's very first film, English film. Oh, for real? Uh, Nancy Cartwright's in that. What? <laughs> or is it Yardley Smith? Hold on, I'm gonna find out. But uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's did you watch it? It's with um, Jennifer Jason Lee and Rutger Hauer. No, I never watched oh, it. Oh, it's it's a it's a wild ride. <laughs> Blood, something blood. Hold on. Flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. That's it. Nailed it. Good work. Um, <laughs> I want to make sure it's Yardley or if it's Nancy or Yardley. She doesn't have a title card though, so arguably we couldn't do it. But yeah, it's Nancy Cartwright. Uh, I believe it's like the only film she's done. Mm. <laughs> That's the only reason I brought it up because otherwise she just does voices. Um, oh no, she was in Twilight Zone the movie. <laughs> nice. Um, but then I'm seeing Chipmunk Adventure, My Little Pony, Pound Puppies. I'm more interested in live action. Yeah. What is what I'm more leaning towards? That's what, uh, agreed. Yeah. Uh, she is in Godzilla, of course. Of course. Um, as they all are for some reason. <laughs> it's the Simpsons movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I only see voices, so I think Flesh and Blood's her only, uh, tw- sorry, Twilight's on the movie might be, I haven't seen it, but. Right. But it, I just remember watching that movie and be like, "Is that Nancy Cartwright?" Because <laughs> she sounds similar enough to Bard that you know. Anyway, uh, good idea, Greg. Let's see if our patrons agree. <laughs> yeah, that's my pitch for our fifty-dollar goal reached. And 
another pitch maybe, or maybe just something we'll do for bonus episodes. I had the idea of doing some video episodes of us playing Simpsons games. Simpsons video games. Doing Let's Plays? Yes. Oh, boy. Because I think that'd be a lot of fun. That would be interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then depending on how it goes, either, you know, edit it down to a nice, concise (laughs) 10 to 20 minute episode, or our entire Let's Play. (laughs) We played for two hours or something. I don't know. But, um, because I've started to get that capability of being able to record video and audio. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Sounds pretty lame when I say it out loud, but <laughs> it's like, well, I've discovered how to record audio and video at the same time. But uh, no, I've just been fooling around with some software and stuff, and uh, I like it. Cool. Well, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> we'll start, of course, with Bart's Nightmare. <laughs> uh <laughs> Maybe like Bart's Nightmare and Virtual Bart, like do a double double header because they're both similar and awful. Mm. Or like the Simpsons game, the classic arcade yep. game. Yeah, beat them up. Bam, 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 bam. I beat I beat that game at uh, Revival Brewcade here in Calgary. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you fight Burns in a mech suit at the end. Oh yeah, I think I've seen you do that. I think there was like video footage of it. Yeah, yeah. My favorite part of that is. He's the final boss, so you're like fighting him, taking a lot of hits, and then as and his like mech suit slowly falls apart as you so like he's on legs at first, and then the legs are gone, and gets a little tire or uh, tank tracks, so it progressively gets very very Eggman. Yes, and then at the very end, like once you defeat him, he like it all falls apart. It's just him, and you just punch him once, and he's done. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah. So good work, Simpsons programmers of the Simpsons arcade. Game. That's a that's a great that's a great little button. Shall we do the reference desk? Um, yep. <laughs> Are you still recording? <laughs> Just checking. <Okay>. We're good. <laughs> uh, so the title, of course, is a reference to the Tramps song "Disco Inferno." Burn, baby, burn. Right. Disco Inferno. Of course. Burn, baby, burn. Yeah, yeah. Come to the ovens, burn. Okay. <laughs> it's a Holocaust song. Um, <laughs> we weren't recording that, right? <laughs> oh, Greg is, has his hands in his head. <laughs> I told you, I get loopy when yeah, this happens. Yeah, I, I make terrible jokes. I'm so sorry to everyone. That's uh, fine. But also Snoopy <laughs> in this episode. What? The jigsaw puzzle that he's doing. Oh, okay. And uh, they left one piece off of his nose, so they couldn't be... Uh, there's no copyright infringement. <laughs> Isn't that clever? <laughs> <at Fox. clears throat> um, so the guy, the, the Yale guy that Burns talks to briefly, yeah. uh, his name is Dink Stover. <laughs> <laughs> and it's from a, be a reference. It's, it's a reference to a book called Dink Stover at Yale by Owen Johnson. I know nothing about it. I don't care to. <laughs> Great. Uh, of course, Caddyshack is referenced quite a lot, both with Rodney and the ending, and just like little bits and pieces. I think the the whole like him at the debutante's ball or whatever is a big Caddyshack thing. Did you ever watch that movie? By the way, Caddyshack about, about twelve times. Oh, really? Yeah, I've seen it once. 
like quite a while ago, and I remember very little. My I dad didn't. Loves I didn't that like him. <laughs> I don't like that movie. You were at Augusta. Hmm. Former greenskeeper Carl Speckler, or whatever his name. I mean, is. he's obviously the best part of that movie. But and then he does the uh, Cinderella it's, story. It's Cinderella story. Yeah. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. Yeah, I got uh, you got that going for me. So that's <laughs> so that's nice. That's nice. Gunga gunga. That's a meme now. Gunga gunga. <laughs> Uh, Death of a Salesman is the play that they're doing. Yeah. Man, it's not a piece of fruit. <laughs> this play was supposed to close weeks ago. Close this play. <laughs> and they get so sad. <laughs> I really like that joke. And then it's ruined by Rodney Dangerfield. Chef Boyardee. Give my regards to Mrs. Boyardee. Yeah. That's what that's a reference to. <laughs> Good reference. Good work. Good work, Rodney. Uh, they reference Olympia Dukakis and Bo Derek and Too yeah. Many Grandmas. Too Many Grandmas, yeah. <laughs> hey, look out, Grandma. My other grandma's gaining on us, or whatever she says. It's, yeah. It's kind of funny. It is it is kind of funny. It's 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 one of those things where I feel like nowadays they'd go further with it and yeah. it would be less funny. But well, just you would that, see it. You'd see it. But just that one line, it works for me. I think it's a reference to Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Oh. Have you seen that movie? No. Oh. I have just in the fact that there was there Grandma. was a, there was a few movies like this, sure, you know, there was the Stallone. There was one. yeah, there's there so the that's Stallone on the shoot is the Stallone one. Um, but I I see what you mean. There was a kind of this weird trend of like old ladies being goofy. Yeah, <laughs> and it was in in this time. Yeah, uh, and then the episode ends with "Any Way You Want It" by Journey. Sure does, and a big that's reference the to Caddyshack. You need it. Yeah. Because that's what Any happens at the end of Caddyshark. Yeah. Does it play that song at the end of Caddyshark? Sure does. <laughs> he sense. says, hey, everybody, let's party in the episode. Yeah. In the film, he says, we're all going to get laid. And oh. then they all start <laughs> start dancing. And do they? Um, One assumes. Yeah. At the very least, off screen. You see, it was the screen. slobs against the snobs mm, in Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just gonna cut your mic and. <laughs> What's your favorite joke in this episode? Mine's the playroom. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was super funny. Even the, even the final button didn't ruin it for me because yeah. the concept is just so funny. It's pretty great. <laughs> and it's like, of course, there's no one watching it. It's Burns, and no one's watching it. <laughs> and clearly he hasn't. <laughs> clearly he hasn't been in there for weeks. Yeah, because he's like, this was supposed to close weeks ago. <laughs> And I like the idea of actors <laughs> just doing it. They just kept doing it over and over. It's not far from the truth. It's not. That's why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want us to do something new and original? Nah. 50-year-old play. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to change or update it at all? Nope. To no one. It's perfect. We're going we're gonna to do it in front of no one. <sighs> I have a lot to say about theater. I just saw a show last night. But we'll I talk won't talk off mic about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't talk about it on mic. Uh my favorite joke, uh I have an honorable mention. Uh the gone drinking sign. Yeah. Um like I think that's kind of funny on its own, but See, that's a reference to Gone Fishing. I, cool. The film um, with Danny Glover stop it. and Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't. Um but I, I just like Smithers. Like reaction to it is very Smithers, where he's like, uh, "It appears he's gone drinking." 
just very I don't know I found it very funny and then uh, my favorite one though is when uh, Homer's at Burns' place and he's like uh, do you does your do you have a son and he's like yeah he's like does he ever bring over like people you don't like and he's like oh <laughs> you ever heard of this kid Millhouse <laughs> he's a little wiener <laughs> and he cuts him off <laughs> it's so fucking funny because <laughs> of course he hasn't heard of Millhouse. <laughs> Why would he? Why would he? And I just love that that's his, like, it's not like, oh, my, my son has a kid, has a friend named Milhouse. He's yeah. like, you ever heard of this little kid? <laughs> like, as if he's, like, this notorious shitty kid that everyone knows about. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a little wiener. Uh, <laughs> that's the words yeah. he gets out. Yep. That's the best. He's the dud. He looks like you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love how much Homer, over the years hates Millhouse. Yeah. Because he didn't start that way. Yeah. You know, there was no a- animosity between them earlier in the run. And then suddenly he's just like, yeah. this fucking kid. <laughs> it's, it's entirely one-sided. Yep. Yep. And that's it. Yep. That's that's the, the episode. I would like to, real quick, before we uh, wrap up here, um, make a quick recommendation because we had mm. a, a question mm. on um, Facebook, mm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I had... Uh, reference. I had referenced a podcast called Bear Brook mm. a while ago, and uh, someone was asking if I had any other recommendations for. What's that one again? What's Bear Brook? Bear Brook is about a good lord. It was like a thirty-five-year-old unsolved murder case. Oh, in Bear Brook National Provi- uh, State Park in New Hampshire. Mm. Anyway, New Hampshire. It was uh, about the solving, eventual solving of that case. Cool. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, I have Spoiler, one recommendation. Spoilers for Bearbrook. <laughs> they <Yeah>. solve it. <laughs> well, you don't think they will. Yeah. It's great. And, well, now I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, recommendations similar to that podcast? Yeah, it's called Case Closed. Mm. It's a Stitcher Premium show, so I'm not sure if you can get season two yet, but you can get season one. So it's it's another, like, true crime podcast, but it's, you know, it's really well put together and... It's it's very much like taken from like a, a true crime novel approach, rather than uh, you know talking about it. Well, it's got a lot of original reporting in it, and I'll have another one soon. But I don't want to get rid of all my recommendations in one go. <laughs> That's fair. Um, we did have a while we're in kind of mailbag mode. Might as well uh get this one out there. Got because, an email there? Yeah. Uh, from uh Gasson. Uh, about saying goodbye to a shoe. Mm. And he says, we're both wrong. Homer has seen a man say goodbye to a shoe before moving to Cypress Creek. Homer knows plenty of people who fit the profile of a shoe talker to a T. Barney, Lenny, and Carl. Even Burns would say goodbye to a shoe when he's on that ether. <laughs> That's ether. Um, Flanders is his personal guess. Uh, that's it. <laughs> and I will say, I, I re-listened to our You Only Move Twice episode, and I was and I listened to my like pitch for that joke and i was like that's not what i think <laughs> so i don't know if i was on a weird loopy moment or something it was a long episode it was a long episode but i agree with kasan that was my original take on the on the joke that i thought was really funny is that for some reason he has seen someone say goodbye to a shoe long before meeting scorpio and that's what i find very funny is that he's just like it's like you ever seen a guy say goodbye to a shoe he's like yeah oh boy it was it was a time so thanks dr kasan yes 
Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> um, yeah. I think we had uh, one other. Um, yes, and it was from Vincent. Um, he had mailed us before to uh, correct us with couch gags about Banksy and Del Toro, and he had unintentionally sounded snarky when making the correction, which wasn't his intention, but he thought it was hilarious how we reacted. <laughs> which is, you know, just kind of what we do. Um <laughs> You should watch. You guys should definitely watch some Del Toro films. I can't spell his first name, but you all should know who I'm talking about. Intentional snarkiness. Uh, but he add this to your table. Okay. Uh, I like most of season nine. Definitely has some bad episodes, but would watch it if it's on TV. And he considers season two part of the golden age, and season one is the silver age. But he does have a question for us: Where did the term golden age originate when talking about the early seasons of The Simpsons? And my understanding is just... Uh, Me. <laughs> yep, it was Greg coined it. <laughs> uh, no, it's just, it's a pretty common term for uh, media, I guess. I guess it was probably like used for history and shit too. But, <laughs> but for me, it's all about <laughs> pop culture. <laughs> history and shit. Yeah, I don't know. You know, that stuff that happened in the past. It's in the past. Who cares? Um, but comic books is probably where I first heard the term. Like when in reference to comic books, it's like oh, the golden age of comics. You know, um, people were using it for like television. Once Sopranos came around, they called ninety nine to I don't know, probably recent, uh, the golden age of television. And so I yeah I I imagine it's just kind of a general pop culture zeitgeist kind of thing that started to come into fruition because the show kept going. And started to decline in quality, and so people were like, "Ah, it's nothing like the you know the old episodes, which I call the golden age." You know, um, yeah. Any other thoughts? <laughs> no, you pretty much covered it. I think every show has a golden age, and every well, uh, that's every what I was gonna say. Actually, art so movement has it, one as well. It depends on the length of the show, right? Um, I would say like Firefly doesn't have a golden age because it's one season. I think it's episodes one through six. All right. <laughs> then they get real shitty. Yeah. <laughs> it's just garbage. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen the whole show. But like if if Simpsons ended in season 10, which we all pray it would have, uh, they wouldn't call seasons, you know, as I call it, seasons three through eight, the golden age. It'd just be like, oh, the best seasons are seasons three through eight. Because it does, it doesn't feel as much like an age if there's no other ages. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. and that's why you rarely, yeah, you, it's 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 got to be like a show that it has to be a show that's run for like fifteen seasons. Yeah, that then you can start breaking it up because then you got five year chunks. Yeah, that you can break up and spread around. I think that's how you can liberally do that. Because yeah, like a show like a show like The Simpsons is gonna go through ups and downs over three decades. It's gonna be crazy. Much like television in general, because Simpsons has been a part of the television landscape for such a long time in relation to how long television has been around as a medium. Yeah. It's been around for a significant portion of that time. Yes. That's interesting to think about. That's true. Yeah. 
So it ha- it can't help but have ebbs and flows because mm-hmm. the very medium that it's a part of has done so as well within the time that it's been around. Right. It's I think it might be very, it's kind of unique in that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, like SNL obviously does that as well, but it's much more reactionary. Right. Totally. Um, one last message from okay. Sam. Okay. Mostly because I want to need to even things out because they say they agree with me. Season nine is garbage. <laughs> All right, just added them. Thank both. you. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, most of season nine start with great premises, but uh, <laughs> the premises uh, go to, into like mean spirited idiots, or the plot is mean spirited, or the endings undercut the whole episode, or they're just non endings. And then they give a bunch of examples for all of those, and I like all of those uh, examples because they're all bad episodes. Go ahead. Uh, well, uh, Mean Spirited Idiots, Dumbbell Indemnity. Okay. Uh, yeah. The plot is Mean Spirited. City of New York versus Homer Simpson. Wait, which one's the which one's the Dumbbell Indemnity? That's Mo dating uh, Helen Hunt. Oh yeah, that's yeah, Mean Spirited. Yep. Yeah, bad ending. Um, Mean Spirited. Bad episode. Yep. I don't like that episode. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, the plot is Mean Spirited, like City of New York or Girly Edition, which I agree. Uh, the I end- like the City of New York. I know you do. I kind of agree with you on Girly Edition. Um, the endings undercut the whole episode, so Last Temptation of Krusty and Cartridge Family are the examples for that. Um, oh, Cartridge Family is a straight-up hypocrisy and, uh, like... Terrible episode. It's just, a, it's just a like, a direct opposition to what is previously established as canon yes. maybe a dozen times. Yes. Uh, and then, or they're just non-endings, i.e. Das Bus. That's great. That, mo- <laughs> that that episode's great. I will stand for that episode. I don't care that it doesn't have an ending. Doesn't have an ending. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> we'll get to that. That episode is perfect. Oh God, no! Stop it! <laughs> You're overselling it now. No, I am not. It is perfect, and I will die on this hill. Oh boy, we'll see. Uh, I'm planting a flag. Right. <laughs> I want to make a big deal of this. I, so, I see. I see. So, so that if when you comes, listen back, if it comes around again. And I'm wrong, then I have to like really eat my words. You, or yeah. if I'm right, then I can you just can like, cheer. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am betting big. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing the push. You're pushing yeah, all I in. I am pushing all in. All right, <laughs> here we go. And full house. So you lose. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, worst episode of season ten go or season nine goes to Trash of the Titans, which is also the 200th episode. Hard disagree. <laughs> You choose uh, in that Homer, episode. Homer's that bad. Homer destroys the town and gets no consequences. <laughs> uh, there's there's a bunch more. There's also all really good stuff. I really enjoyed this message, <laughs> mostly because I agree with most of it, and it's all on my side. Um, uh, favorite character is Bart, followed closely by Skinner. Um, they don't like Principal and the Popper, but they don't hate it as much as most because they are convinced that the Armin Tamsarian twist inspired the Don Draper twist in Mad Men. Which I actually agree with. I've always thought that. Do you know that tri- twist? Did you ever watch Mad Men? Spoilers for Mad Men. Well, <laughs> it's a fucking 10-year-old show. <laughs> I've never seen it. Go ahead. It's just that Don Draper is not his real name. Oh, yeah, I knew and that. He, he assumes the identity of a dude who died in the war. Isn't that like in the first season? It's in the first season. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen the first season. Yeah. Very I was good. like, oh, okay. <laughs> so what else is there? This is Don Draper's copy of Swank. Um, Swank. <laughs> Anyway, uh, favorite episode is Camp Krusty. 
That's and, a good, yeah, good choice. And Camp Crustier can go die in a hole with his anachronisms and out of nowhere made up trauma. <laughs> Which I haven't watched that episode yet, well, but I think it's a good uh, Patreon one to do. I agree. So thank you for that message, Sam. I, I very much appreciate all of your support. Yeah, that was... For Boo Season 9. That was great. <laughs> that was excellent. Uh, if you want to send us your own thoughts about Season 9, you can reach us in any number of places, but we really prefer our email address. The Hammock District on 3rd at gmail.com. Numerical 3. And uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are places you can follow us and interact with us in many ways. Please do. Indeed. We enjoy it. It's fun. It is fun. And uh, join fun that, is fun. That, that Patreon for $2 a month, and because we, we're coming out with some fun content we're recording right after this, actually. That's right. So, And if we hit another goal, which we'll set shortly, mm-hmm. we'll have more fun things. Yay, more fun <laughs> things. It's good times. Yay. Um, so that's it. Bye. Do your thing. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks to our guests, Rodney Dangerfield and Dodney Danger Dodney Rangerfield. <laughs> no, Dodney you Rangerfield. See, did you ever see Rover Dangerfield? No. Shitty. Okay. It's a shitty cartoon about a dog ah. played by Rodney Dangerfield. Really? Yeah. Ouch. Ugh. Anyway, keep watching the ski. Oh.